What's up, everybody? This is Alex Kelly back here with another episode of the Furloughed Film Talks podcast with my brother in a dress shirt, Ryan. What's up, everybody? I like I like that dress shirt, Ryan. It makes you look very fancy. Oh, thank you. It's, I'm, I'm matching from last week, so. Okay. Do you, have like, do you have like five of those in your like wardrobe? They're just like back to back to back? White white uh, dress shirts? Yes. I have four of them, yes. Okay. That's not a yeah. bad thing. I mean, it's a good, nice little thing to roll into the office with, right? Guess how much I spent on dry cleaning yesterday. Oh, fuck. Uh, $35. More. $50. $50, yeah. $50 for how many shirts? Uh, I picked up seven shirts and three suits. I guess that's a, not a bad deal. It actually wasn't that bad, yeah. Considering $5 like... $5 per... Yeah, yeah. A different dry cleaner I went to cost twenty dollars per suit. So, um, let's see. <laughs> but anyways, yes, my dry cleaning and my uh, my wardrobe take some uh, serious upkeep. Yes, I mean you look snazzy. So, oh, thank you. Thank I think you you're so doing much. a really good job with it. Right? I hear a really funny story, actually. Yes, a hundred percent. So I worked from home for half a day, and I decided oh. to like go to the office this afternoon. So stuff I had to do in the office. Okay. And uh, on the way to the office, I was like, "Look, I'll stop by the gym. I'll I'll get a workout in. I'll shower. I'll go to work. I work out. I take my shower. I go to get dressed. I I thought I had grabbed my black suit. Turns out I had only grabbed my black suit jacket. So I here I am at the gym without pants." And I had to drive all the way back home to get my suit pants, drive all, get dressed, and all the way back to the office. Didn't fucking get there until after three o'clock. And then I had oh, to man. tell her, then I had to tell everyone at the office this fight had fucking happened because I was originally supposed to be there about like one thirty or so. All right, so. this new guy in this office is a fucking idiot. A little bit, a little bit. No, I would, I would just rolled in with your like gym shorts on and the suit top, and just been like, "Yeah, this is the new look. This is high fashion, people." I seriously consider that for like a split second. Like, can I sneak into my office, shut the door, and no one noticed? There's, there's no way. There's no way that that would happen. No way. So, well, that's unfortunate, Ryan. So, oh well. Anyways, um, yeah. So, thank you, thank you. You look great with your sweatshirt and your yes belmont who we saw about two weeks ago here in dallas they're good guys the drummer broke his hand punching or no he he slipped on a wet water burger floor and broke his wrist and couldn't play half the songs that they're like well known for and where where'd you go see these guys uh amplified live which is like right there in the strip club district of dallas Oh, it's a that's a wonderful area. Yes, I love how you Dallas. immediately know like what <laughs> I mean by strip club district. Like that's not the fucking name for it, but like you knew exactly where I mean. Yeah, it's like the entertainment district of Irving, I guess. Right? Because like, yeah, you have all those restaurants in like one little area. You have all the strip clubs and all in this yeah. one little area. And you got Red River like off to the side, just weirdly there as well. Yeah, it's a it's it's a seedy ass place to go, but yeah. it's so weird because like you have. Like this really seedy ass area, and then like right on the other side of thirty five, where that fucking highway is, you've got like Papacitos and Papados mm-hmm. and Papa Brothers, and like all these super nice restaurants. But, Pretty sure uh, it's thirty five. Yeah, it is thirty five for show. Show for show for show. No, um, 
yeah so that's where i got this that's where i saw them good dudes um with stick to your guns as well as kublacon tx which is up from sherman so there's my hardcore and metalcore uh plug of the week so sounds super gay should i do like a funko pop plug of the week yeah do it because i uh i i'm actually genuinely disappointed there's only one of these in the comic book store that we went to well that means that they're selling well which is a good thing um, yeah for sure for sure this week is the conchu moon knight funko it's not the glow in the dark which is like 30 20 20 30 dollars more expensive um this is the non you know uh glow in the dark but still like a really cool figure i'm gonna pop it out real fast for the people who she are... said hey, hey, hey what um know. for the people who are listening to this on um spotify or apple podcast or sorry you can't see this but for people on youtube you get to see the bobbly goodness of this conchu figure he looks so dope like just perfection in everything he's just like hey be my avatar all the time. Eat my ass. Eat my ass. Call me Makula. That's our Eat my ass. I'm just gonna put him up there out of box now. That'll be a thing. We just take him out of box and put him up right nice. behind me on the Freddy Funko uh Fright Night box. So but everybody, thank you for checking out this episode of the Furloughed Film Talks podcast. You can check us out on Twitter at furloughed film and on instagram at furloughed film talks if you're listening to this shit on apple Podcasts or spotify we do this on youtube as well you can find us if you just go to youtube search furloughed film talks subscribe hit the bell do all that stupid shit on youtube we would very much appreciate it you can see my sweet top gun poster and my gr- uh mean green flag and ryan's green knight and french dispatch yeah you can see like one fourth of my Green Knight poster and one eighth yes. of my French Dispatch. I really need to get my, the camera set up because I got the camera. I need to get like a tripod for it, and then I can have like a really sweet view of my um my office. But yes, for now it's it's this little dainty. Oh, it's good. Webcam. I like it. I like it. I'm, I mean, I'm using my Apple MacBook camera right now, so I cannot talk whatsoever about. Yeah, this looks like it was good. a. Something that was originally hand constructed by Steve Jobs back in the eighties. Your your webcam is is poor. Yeah, probably was honestly. Um, but we're gonna start off with something that is coming to the Dallas area this coming weekend. Um, if you are in the Dallas area, you like basically anything that we have ever talked about, nerdy or pop culture or comic book movie, TV show. You will want to come check this shit out. It is the Dallas Fan Fest in Irving this Friday through Sunday. They, for some reason, like us. They are stoked when they see us. Dana, in particular, I've ne- never met anybody else from Dallas Fan Expo or Dallas Fan Fest other than Dana. Dana is awesome. Um, but they gave us press passes for it. So we're going to go have a grand old time this weekend. Ryan, I already know who you're stoked about to see. We've already talked about it a little bit, but mm-hmm. viewing public or hearing public, who are you excited to see at Dallas Fan Fest this weekend? A thousand percent. I am uh, super stoked to see Matt Smith. That's that's obviously, for me, the headliner, especially after this past weekend in House of Dragon. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. But, um, which we'll get I, to in a minute. Yeah, which we'll get to. 
Um, other than that, uh, I'm super stoked to see the guy from um, Stranger Things, the my dudes, uh, my dude, Eduardo Franco. Eduardo Franco. Yep, yep. Stephen Amell. You know, not unexcited to see him. That's good. Um, good. And then. Maria and I had started watching this, so we haven't finished, but let me guess. Uh, Sandman? Sandman, yeah. Okay. Pretty decent show so far. So that'd be kind of cool to see. This guy, th- that motherfucker has the sharpest cheekbones I have ever seen. That motherfucker is creepy as shit, dude. He's insanely looking. Yeah. I mean, but he's like a pretty good actor, actually. I'm surprised, like, he's been around for a while. This is like his storage. Yeah, kind of his first major role outside of like rom coms and whatnot. So, but yeah, he's he's creepy as fuck looking. He like the photo that they have on the Dallas fan website. And if you want to check this out, I'm going to just do a shameless plug. If you want to get tickets for this or like buy passes or photo ops, any of that shit, go to fanexpohq.com slash Dallas fan festival. That's where you can get all the good stuff on that. But that's where you find the picture of Tom Sturridge where he's just like, and it's truly horrifying, like that little picture of him. It looks like he lost a obscene amount of weight to play the Sandman. Really? Like if, if you look at all his normal pictures, he just like looks like a normal dude. But with anything with the Sandman, he like looks just gone as shit. So. Yeah, I could totally fucking see that. Uh, yeah. No. No. I, okay. So yeah, I'm stoked to see Sandman. Stoked to see uh, Stranger Things guy, but mostly just uh, Matt Smith. Like Matt wait. Smith's wonderfulness. No, yeah, they okay. actually announced, and it was funny because I got like a press release from Dana about Dallas Fan Fest, and it was like list of Q and A's, and the very first one was a name that I had not seen announced for Dallas Fan Fest. And I'm like, wait a, wait a damn second. Like, did they just add him as well? Turns out they did. They added Colton Haynes, who was in Arrow for multiple seasons as Speedy slash like Red Arrow. Um, I was very surprised to see that. That's going to be really cool to have him there with uh, Stephen Amell and Katie Cassidy. It was supposed to be... Um, Emily Bett Rickards, who played Felicity Smoke, but she dropped, so they added Katie Cassidy in her place, um, who played Black Canary in the show. So, like, they're going arrow heavy at this fest. Yeah, I mean, and it seems like they just have people from like four different shows, really. They've got uh, Arrow, Matt Smith, mm-hmm. uh, Stranger Things, Star Trek, and The Sandman. Is it normal <laughs> only to have like. 10 celebrities on on your list like for a fan fest yes because it's like the smaller version of the dallas fan expo which like that's a whole other diatribe that i could go on and that's like the major like comic con of dallas right which it used to be called dallas comic-con up until like 2014 2015 it was dallas comic-con and then this like fan expo company started taking over the comic cons in like different cities to where like they're not comic cons they're fan expos which is complete bullshit because the funko exclusives for dallas comic-con in like 2013 2014 are worth like 700 to like a thousand dollars now 
Mm-hmm. Like it's this really weird thing where like this whole company has taken over the Comic Con like industry and kind of fucked over cities and having something that was unique to their city. Um, which is a story I really want to do for D magazine. I'm gonna pitch them on doing that and finding out like what the hell happened. Cause like there was a little bit more like local flair to it, and now there's just not. It's very much a corporatized version of it which now I'm like biting the hands that feeds us with all the press passes to fan. Right. You're, we're kind of like <laughs> kind of ingrained in this a little bit by taking yeah. press passes, but yeah. Um, but no, I mean like this is definitely the smaller version of it. It's the version I like more because I think the Irving convention center is set up a whole lot better than the, the K Bailey Hutchinson, uh, convention center in downtown Dallas. But, um, yeah, it's it's usually a lot fewer celebrities that are going to be there. Bro, we 100% need to get there by 1030. Why? There's a Clerks cosplay meetup. What the fuck? We need we need to have pictures of this. Send me the link right now. Uh, it's just on the schedule. So, I'll like it's 1030 on Saturday. Uh, Clerks no, cosplay and then at 11, there's a House of the Dragon and Game of Thrones cosplay meetup. Well, so 11 o'clock is when, um, oh, God, what's her name? Katie Cassidy is doing her um, Q&A. Q&A. And that's like the big one that I want to do. Matt Smith does a Q&A at 2 o'clock. And then Stephen Amell is doing a Q&A at 4.45, I believe. Are you going to try and get in line to ask people questions? I am not usually the type that does that. Um, and I don't think I would for Matt Smith because there's going to be so many freaking people. Yeah. I, I might for Katie Cassidy um, just because, and maybe even Stephen Amell, mm-hmm. but like Katie Cassidy, it's funny. The the time that I met spoilers for people who have not finished Arrow, um, the day that I met Stephen Amell was the week that there was like a huge mystery of like who's going to die in the next episode. Like it was the biggest part of the entire season of who was going to die. And it was that next episode. And so I kind of like was trying to get him to be like, Hey, like who's going to fucking die. And he like, Mm -hmm. just wouldn't give it up. It was Katie Cassidy's character. So I'd love to know like what it was like for her. And she's probably fucking answered it a million times, but like it is a heart wrenching part of that entire show um so i'd like to ask something about that so maybe i'll ask her because i highly doubt that there will be a lot of people who ask her questions but who fucking knows Mm -hmm. ha okay nothing can top the michael rooker q a that we saw at dallas fan expo the what michael rooker he played the uh he played yondu in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, as well as the stage manager in Mall Rats. Okay, you've definitely seen this fucker's face before. Yeah, no, I, I know who you're talking about, dude. He was off the fucking wall. It was wild shit. Is he on drugs? Like, what was going oh, on? Prop. He was hungover for sure. Oh, okay. So, um, no, it was one of the wildest Q and As I've ever fucking seen in my life, but. I'm thankful I saw it because it was uh, memorable for sure. But um, no, we're going to get Matt Smith's autograph on a Funko. 
hopefully get Stephen Amell to sign a photo of me and him and Garrett. Yeah. Well, so are you, you're just going to get Stephen Amell and I'll get Matt Smith, right? I think I'm going to get Matt Smith now. So you're going to spend like two over two hundred dollars on autographs? Uh, it'll be like one hundred and sixty. Well, each of them is like one hundred twenty bucks, right? No, Matt Smith is a hundred, and Stephen Amell is like sixty. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, what else was I going to ask you? Uh, I don't know. Never mind. Oh, what time is Matt's autograph thing? So he'll probably start around like noon. Um, that's what I wanted to fucking talk to you about. Holy shit! Thank you for reminding me about that. We can buy tickets. This is a perfect plug for fucking Dan Dallas Fan Fest as well. You can buy tickets for autographs for Matt Smith ahead of time. So you don't have to worry about getting in line and being cut off. We can buy our tickets right now if you would like to do that, Ryan. Okay. And then like, and then there's just a set time we go and like do it. Yep. Okay. So cool. cool, cool. Because like when I went to go get uh, Brendan Fraser's autograph, you weren't there for that, but I will go get this real fast. You talk about Matt Smith and your love for him real fast. Uh, I won't do that, but I will talk about my love for Brendan Fraser. That uh, you know, of uh, George of the Jungle fame and Dudley Do Right, uh, all around good guy. Uh, and probably Fraser. You, uh, the Academy Award for Best Actor. What's that? I said probably winning the Academy Award for Best Actor. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. There's a no, dude. There's yeah, a God. lot to happen in between now and then. No, I didn't fuck up, can't you? Mm-hmm. Um, no, dude. Like they've been. They had another premiere today at some other film film festival. Mm-hmm. Another standing ovation for like 15 minutes. Um, wow. No, so I have this Brendan Fraser signed VHS for people at home. Uh, it's signed two times, but when I went up, when I went up the first time, I'm just going to throw the thing that's signed off to the side here. Um, when I went up to get it like signed the first time it was, the line was so crazy that they were like, you're going to have to come back in like five hours to get your shit signed. And I paid for the ticket like there in person at that moment. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll come back. Like this means so much to me. Uh-huh. Uh, and I came back like an hour, hour and a half later. The line was down to like 15, 20 people. And I'm like, hey, I already paid. And they're like, yeah, come on. And I'm like, fuck it. Okay. Get in line. Two people after me. There was a pregnant lady. There was another dude and then like a pregnant lady. Mm-hmm. The pregnant lady got cut off. Like and that. She already, and she already paid? Yeah. So like that was where the line like stopped. I literally got in like right before because he'd been signing for hours. And so like if I hadn't shown up in that moment, I would have waited. I would have waited until like five or six o'clock to get this VHS of Dudley Do-Right signed. But um, no, I, That's lucked, wild. I lucked out hardcore on that shit. But Matt Smith must be making so much fucking money doing this. Like you oh, have to add bro. in like, Every ten signatures is a thousand dollars. Like, and if hundreds and hundreds, yeah, that's kind but of. But and then you have to remember, like, he has, like, basically canceled three or four times on this fan fest or like the Dallas Fan Expo. So like, people are they're they're hesitant to believe he'll be there. But we're Tuesday. This episode is going to come out on the twelfth, which is a Wednesday. 
Mm-hmm. At this point, I have seen nothing to say he is going to be canceled or not be there. So, like, yeah, it, when you it's search, happening. When you search Dallas Fan Fest, there's like stories in uh, ABC Channel Eight and like iHeartRadio and Fort Worth Star Telegram about like how Matt Smith of HBO's House of Dragon will meet fans at Dallas, Dallas Fan Fest. Yeah, which that's so. that's that's Dana, and that's the PR company getting out to all those people, and she's. Again, shameless plug. Dana's a badass. She's so awesome. She's killing it right now. And yeah, that's a hundred percent her getting that to all those people. Yeah. Well, fuck. I hope. Yeah. I mean, that'd be so shitty if he cancels again. Like, what happens? Like, they just refund all the money. Yeah, they just refund everything. That. And at that point, like, literally, if it's that big of a name, they could. They would almost be. Uh, what's the word? liable to like refund tickets like mm-hmm. passes for people just like to get there which that would be a shitload of money because dude they like like you were saying they don't have anybody else that's like a big name like that like they got big names like Stephen Amell but nothing like a Matt Smith who's currently in the biggest show right now yeah. Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. So that's, that's crazy. So I don't know. I, I would be, I'd be shocked if he doesn't show up. Yeah. Well, we shall see. It should be fun. Yep. Um, looks like there's going to be a shit ton of, uh, cosplay meetups. And oh, yeah. It's going to be a great dun- time. It's always a Dungeon great time. Dragon stuff. So looks, looks like a good time. But because Matt Smith, not because Matt Smith's going to be at fucking Dallas Fan Expo, Fan Festival, but because we've done it literally every fucking week and it's one of the craziest shows out there right now, we are ready to jump into the latest episode of HBO Max's spinoff series of Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, with one of the best episodes, I think I say that every week now, um, of this show. One of the most consequential that they've done. Ryan, what is the synopsis for this week's episode of House of the Dragon? All right. Episode eight, The Lord of the Tides, uh, which came out this past Sunday, uh, October 9th. So the synopsis is six years on, Corlys Valarian, Lord of the Driftmark, is severely wounded, fighting in the Stepstones. His brother, Sir Vayman, petitions King's Landing to name him as Corlys's heir, proclaiming Rhaenyra's son, Lucerys, illegitimate. Rhaenyra and Daemon return to the capital to defend Lucerys' claim. They find King, King Lucerys is bedridden, disfigured, and his mind muddled. Queen Allison and Sir Otto Hightower now bitch. oversee... Kipasa? Allison and Otto, bitch. Dude, she has, like, perma-wrestling bitch face. Like, she can't get it off her face. Both are it's... bitches. Yeah, so continue. Yeah, okay. All right, Queen Allison and Sir Otto Hightower now oversee all royal duties. When Priest Aegon rapes a handmaiden, Allison covers it up. Did you miss just, that part? They, no, I didn't, but they just like went all fucking. Yeah, these on Wikipedia synopsises go hard. Uh, the spoilers, because like they fucking these like go all in depth. Yeah. Okay, we should probably yeah pre-warn with the spoiler alert, even on the synopsis from Wikipedia. Uh, upon Sir Vayman's arrival at the Red Keep, 
Rhaenyra proposes an arrangement to gain Princess Rhaenys' support. She also implores Viserys to defend her secession, quoting Aegon the Conqueror's dream about the prince that was promised. Surveyman presents his petition at court. Viserys barely ambulatory enters the throne room and declares Viserys the Dithmark heir. Enraged, Vaemon calls Rhaenyra's children bastards. Damon behead, beheads him. See, thank you. That, that's that's not quite what happened. Not quite. What happened. We'll get into that. But that, I'd say thank you because, like, we yeah, need no, a spoiler we, warning. Wikipedia definitely covers, yeah, the whole gamut of yeah. activities. During a feast, which is okay, we'll get into it. But during a feast, the family appears to mend their differences. Huh. After, yeah, after Viserys leaves, Amon incites a fight with a veiled insult. Against Rhaenyra's three oldest sons. Later, Viserys, near death, mutters parts of Aegon the Conqueror's dream, mistaking Alicent for Nera. Alicent believes he means their son, Aegon. And then, spoilers, he fucking dies. Uh, so. Just. Yeah. Great episode. Eighth episode of the season. We got two left. The next two episodes are going to be the Green Council. On October 16th, and then the Black Queen on October 23rd, which are extremely just dripping in foreshadowing yes. um, with their with their titles. So fucking a lot to lots to go over here. What was what, the name of this episode? Uh The Lord of the Tides. Okay. I'm gonna write that down so I fucking remember it. Okay. Um no, Ryan. This had so much packed into it. And had so many just like memorable moments and memorable scenes. What to you stood out the most? I mean, like just in terms of something without a lot of depth that just like obviously stood out a ton, which is very Game of Thrones-esque, was... Damon killing Vayman. Vayman. Um, yes. Yeah. So I straight up thought, like, you know, after Vayman called uh, the children bastards, like, I thought for sure Damon would step around and they would go at it, sword, sword fight. Damon would win, you know, maybe get fucked up a little bit. But what it like, there'd be a just a kind a of fight. an epic moment almost. Yeah. An epic, like, showdown. Like a, a little teaser for the full civil war that we're all about to witness, right? Uh, no, but instead of that, like, uh, Viserys stands up and, you know, declares that he'll have Vaemon's tongue for this insolence. And then out of nowhere, Damon comes up and slices his fucking skull in half. Yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't behead the man, he literally slices the man's head in half. And like in gruesome detail. Sorry. What's up? Trying to save Alexis from uh spoilers. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, dude, like that was a moment where you knew something was coming because he calls Rhaenyra a whore and then basically not basically, he straight up calls the kids bastards. And so you're just like yeah. Oh, something's about to go down. And even to me, it's it's interesting because the moment where Damon basically just slices his noggin in half is not as impactful or powerful as Viserys 
getting up and unsheathing his like dagger with like what little strength he has left and basically like i'll have your fucking tongue for that like that moment shows how fucked up what he says was Mm -hmm. and that to me was just like and even backing up further that moment where like the doors swing open and like he like fucking limps in just shit his fucking moment the go ahead sorry sorry. Go, go ahead no you no no yeah i mean fantastic scene the a close second for me um just because like this this might have been a dark horse for a lot of people but for me as a huge fan of the last kingdom mm-hmm. oh Bucky, yeah fucking uh ewan mitchell who plays a priest in the last kingdom him as prince amon targaryen in this episode yeah fucking amazing dude the at the end of the episode when he kind of you know is trying to get under i think it's the serious or whoever jace's oh really trying, both of them yeah trying to get under their skin and like succeeds and then the fucking stare down between amond and damon perfection fucking sick dude okay i'm gonna say like I'm sure HBO and like the showrunners and producers of Game of Thrones, like they know what they're doing and they've they have done extremely well so far in this season. But I'm still gonna say if they do another time jump and we don't and they don't stick on these characters or these actors and actresses for like the uh long run of this show, I'm gonna be extremely disappointed because George R. R. Martin came out like today or yesterday and basically said that HBO is going to need to do four full seasons of 10 episodes each to completely cover the entire story of the novel of Fire and Ice. Yeah. Um, so like I really like, you know, I don't know what happens in the in the story if there are like any more significant time jobs. I'm really hoping there's not and they stick with these actors the entire way through because of the cast they had in this episode was fantastic uh together so it's that's amon that's played by the dude that um you and mitchell three episodes oh shit oh okay and yeah if you look right here he's we're definitely sticking with this cast for the rest of the season because yeah he's he's cast he's titled as prince amon for Episode 9 and episode 10. So this was his first episode as Eamon. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so he'll be it for the rest of the season. Which like what I'm saying, what I'm saying is like I hope they keep I hope this is like pretty much what they keep for like the entire four seasons if they end up doing a full four seasons. I mean, I think that's where you get in the territory of what you hope happens versus what you very clearly know what's going to happen with like how they've done this series which we've had a very big problem with where there's those massive time jumps well i don't we Um, don't know because like they're they're clearly following the story of the book right they're they're like following the timeline of the book and cram they're they're like clearly have an idea of how many seasons they want to do and like at what point they want to be at in the book at the end of the season. So yeah. I think like necessarily they did have to do the time jumps because it sound, it, it seems like in the book it it jumps significantly in the first part of it. Yeah. Like this is probably like if you look at the 
in terms of the book, this entire season is probably like the first act of the book. And they're yeah. probably going to use like two seasons for the second act of the book because that's going to be the actual like Civil, Civil War. War battle. Yeah. What is it called? Dance of the Dragons. Yeah, like full on. Yeah, like nationwide civil war, and that's going to take like a really long time to play out, right? Um, and then you know they might do a fourth episode to wind down, or fit like four or five episodes to wind down at the end. Um, I say I, we like, do a, I say we do like a not a show bet, but like a show promise to each other. I say we find the fucking book and read it. Yeah. Okay. No. Totally. After like, the season, we'll have like at least. A year to two years. I would say probably two years. Uh, No, one moment that like really, I wouldn't say meant a lot. Like I would maybe, I don't know. But like it was a really cool moment is when um, Viserys is trying to get like up to the Iron Throne. He's already kind of like shooed off one um, guard, golden cloak, and then his like crown falls. Supposedly that wasn't in the script. That just kind of happened. And that's like Matt Smith kind of improvised that entire thing. Like the moment where Damon goes up and like helps him the rest of the way. Really? Yeah. That was super powerful. Like I, yeah, that was a really cool moment. Maybe like the Damon helping him up wasn't improvised, but like the picking up the crown and putting that on his head was improvised. But like the entire scene was just such a cathartic scene for those two characters because you had seen them kind of butt heads and then Damon kind of realizing like how sick his brother was and then also his brother realizing like yeah he might not be the greatest of guys but like you know he's always been there for his family and so it was it was a really really great scene throughout it I I thought that was one of the best yeah you definitely had the sense like at a certain point throughout the episode Damon realized like okay you know uh all of this strife kind of is fading away for him and like he's really kind of being faced with the the fact that like his brother's on his deathbed like yeah. he's he's not about to like you know gain favor or gain position or like advance in the po- political aspect of it like he's he's really just realizing like oh I'm I'm about to lose like you know a loved one, yeah. Um, how hard did Marina say "what the fuck" when Viserys took his mask off and showed his like eyeless fucking half? Oh, face? she straight up couldn't watch it, dude. <laughs> like, straight up could not watch it. Like, plus that shit. Like, he like. Uh, exactly looked like the zombies from the marvel uh what if oh, series yeah. like almost perfectly looked like a goddamn like nazi zombie or some shit it was, it was that creepy that was gruesome like i wish they would have explained like what happened to his eye like what like and what is ha- like what's wrong with him he just have some weird like skin infection where his shit's just decaying out of nowhere like it reminded me of this from spongebob which okay yeah explain what that is for so it's mom and spongebob is basically just like a skull and fucking like spinal cord from spongebob but like that does that not remind you of what like the series looked like at the end 
Yeah, a little bit. It's pretty close, especially the eyes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, what the fuck? What the fuck is wrong with this guy? Like, they, they're, they're where are all these like sores coming from? Like, where does I go? Why? Where I was part of his cheek just falling off? Like, what? What the fuck? Like, they don't have dentists in, in Westeros. What is happening? Now they to have a the fucking C section, but they don't have dental hygiene in fucking Westeros. Right? right? Yeah. And then, uh, oh, another thing that we haven't touched on, the fact that Allison is going, like, full on with the, like, hardcore religion that eventually, you know, ends up, like, really fucking shit up in the game, full Game of Thrones series. Which, that's uh, what they're setting up here. It's supposed to be like, this is their, we're righteous, r- more righteous than thou art type thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, these people who, like, cheat on everybody like they're bad they can't they shouldn't be the ruling yeah they should not be in the ruling power and like we're the right ones because we're sided with the the seven the gods of the seven whatever the fuck they're called the seven yeah something so like whatever it is and so like the highest scepter bullshit like that's where that's being set up even though her son's fucking raping people like yeah piece of shit and and she's covering up yeah and like basically just aborting fucking babies and paying off the like people that have been raped by her son. So no, like it's a hundred percent that's where that that's being set up right now. Um so no, like back up, we've we've jumped all over the place, but Ryan, I think we've both agreed that if if we are lucky enough, lucky enough. If we have yeah. the time, if we get in line in time enough, what is the one thing that you're going to have Matt Smith inscribe on your Funko Pop when he signs your shit? Oh, 100% he can keep his tongue. Yeah. It's funny you texted me that because, like, as soon as it happened, like, I, you know, obviously been talking about, like, Same. the Van Expo is happening and, like, I'm getting a signature from Matt Smith. Like, I, literally as soon as it happened, I, like, turned to Marina and said, I am literally getting, he can keep his tongue, like, signed on my Funko. I'm going to, there's going to be two, there's one of two things that's going to happen. One, he is going to know, which he's a smart motherfucker and his PR team and everybody that, like, handles him is smart. They're going to charge extra for that. Or mm-hmm. they're going to have so many fucking people, because this is going to be the first time that he signed at something. After this episode drops, they're going to have so many people fucking like request that as their inscription that they're going to charge for it in the future. And this is going to be like one of the only times that you can get it basically for free. Yeah. Or they're just going to be like, no, he's signing his fucking name and nothing else. Like. Because like, I mean, when you when they do these autograph things, is it pretty typical for them to be like, yeah, you can get like two blah, blah, blah. And then the signature or is it just like no? You get the, you get his signature, and that's what you get. No, most of them say like, "Hey, like, what's your name?" And I'll be like, and they're like, "Out." Like Brandon Fraser, it was just his fucking name, like right. Um, which maybe that's what he'll do. Um, oh fuck. Okay, hold on. Um, I'm gonna grab two things. I should have been more prepared, real fast. Okay, you just sent Konku to the fucking Shadow Realm there. Yeah, and uh, Stitch. Did Stitch fall too? Yeah, every everyone went down. Everyone fell. Um, oh, I thought she did this too. 
That's unfortunate. Um, we'll pick up Stitch. We'll put him back. Um, I thought she put her name or like a inscription. On, oh, she did. Okay, so she put for Legends of Tomorrow. It was Katie Lots. Uh-huh. Uh, she put her character's name at the bottom. Most some of them put like to Alex um or something else the other one that's i can't go grab it right now um it's actually this guy arthur darvel he put put to alex kelly blah 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 um but then some of them do something like this where you could pay extra Mm. to have to alex surprise motherfucker and then (laughs) it's signature okay Uh, so like but most of them usually put your like name on it and then sign it. Yeah. So, and then some of the time you have to pay extra for like a like real inscription. But no, nah, dude, like that that line is going to become like iconic. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like that is such an insanely amazing line. That maybe they say like no, he's just gonna like write his name because he's gonna have so many fucking people be like, I want he can keep his tongue on his fuck like on their. Shit. I know. I thought it was being like original, like ooh, I'll, I'll get to sign my Funko, but like everyone's gonna fucking yeah. want him to sign that if it's anything ha- like related to House of the Dragon. Yeah. Um. What did you think of the like kind of dinner scene after that? After you know, Vayman. Well, hold on. Actually, I want to back up. Is it weird to you that they just basically killed Lord Corliss off screen? We don't know if he's dead yet. Remember, but like, it's heavy. Like fucking, uh, Damon just sliced the dude's head off, thinking like this guy's. You know, like it's just a weird thing that like he's basically dead off screen now. Um, no. It's slightly weird, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things for this like season, I don't think it's weird. Like they're obviously trying to rush through like a shit ton of material to get to a certain point in this season. And like to, you know, they could have like shown him get uh, injured in battle and him like, you know, being treated to and yada, yada, yada. But like, I mean, stuff kind of like that happened in Game of Thrones where it happened off camera in the form of like a a message or yeah, know, a, a rumor or something like that. So but not with, uh, like if you were going to power rank the characters, it would obviously be like Rhaenyra, Viserys, Damon, um, shit, like Corlys's uh, wife. Corliss is up there like at least top seven or eight of the entire characters. Like you would never have a top seven or eight character in Game of Thrones just like killed off off screen. Yeah, that's why I'm saying like I don't think he's dead. Like I don't think And you're probably right. Like that's why it's just to me very weird that like he's basically dead. Yeah, I mean, if, if he ends up being dead and like if we just go into season eight and like it's just like common knowledge that he's dead and then it cuts to um uh Lucerus being like the, the lord of Driftmark, that'd be strange. That'd be very strange if they never like even touched on how he died or whatever. Um but if like he ends up dying, 
not as weird if he like makes it through and actually comes back. And then, because I honestly think he'll end up coming back, being fine, and and like heavenly participating in the Civil War now that yeah. Damon offed his fucking brother, right? Like, bro, no, that'd be fucking sick, actually. Okay, yeah. So that makes more sense to me, and would like kind of explain why they like pseudo are trying to go him off uh, behind the scenes, and almost like pushing back, knowing that like not a true Valerian would be like taking the throne now. Like he would push through like whatever he's going through to get back to like make sure that it's a Valerian on the throne. Yeah, yeah, oh, for I sure. could hundred percent see that. Um, we've already kind of touched on the dinner scene a little bit. Um, so let's 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 pick up on the scene that is causing a stir a little bit because, as one person put it on Twitter, King series literally fumbled the bag on the one yard line at his death. Um, yeah. What'd you make of all that? Cause like, I don't like I've, I, we've both watched the scene now. I don't know how to take that entire scene to be perfectly honest. Which one His the dinner scene or the death scene? Death scene. Okay. Well, why, why, what do you mean by like, you don't, you don't know how to take it. I nothing in there made me think that he thought he was talking to Rhaenyra and that's what everybody's implication is but like nothing mm. in there made me think that just like watching it and I was like I don't know what the fuck but like maybe it was just because he was talking about like the um dream and the song of ice and fire bullshit Maybe that. I think th- yeah, I think that was it because like he in the last scene that he had had with Rhaenyra when he was like talking about the prophecy and talked like when they initially had that discussion, he like really trailed off and Rhaenyra was like obviously upset about the fact that they like, didn't finish the conversation. And so like I I can see like I didn't it didn't immediately click clicked to me that that's what was happening like i read it somewhere else after the fact that's what Um, i mean like yeah it's everybody like everybody is just taking like other people's interpretation of it and like kind of filling in their own shit and like when i watched it i'm just like i don't really see that yet especially because like the show the show the season's not over yet so but like it could have made it dead so they could have made it way more clear, like what was happening. Yeah. That I think it would have been like a better way to go. Like, I mean, you can obviously make the connections, but like with everything that had happened in that episode in between those two conversations, I think it would have been better if they had made it a little bit more clear. Yeah. Um, because I was like, yeah, I had no idea what the fuck was going on. I was pretty sure that. I don't know. I I didn't I didn't know like after everything that happened, he thought that you know, Rhaenyra would accept that it would be better for the realm to have Allison's children become the next like, uh, like you know, heir to the throne. I I really I really was confused like all the whole way around about it. But I was willing to accept... They they both have kids named Amond. 
Right. I was willing to accept uh, his statement at face value. And like in the moment, like I was like, okay, he's talking to, he thinks he's talking to Allison. This is just a conversation with Allison. Yes. It's like, it's a very, very sharp departure from everything that like he kind of, uh, you know, said or did throughout the episode, but like who fucking knows the show? Like maybe on his deathbed, he, he, decides that he wants Allison's children to, to reign. Yeah. I don't fucking know, but it was kind of a little bit of a confusing uh, point in the episode. But, like, even that's bullshit because, like, at the very end, when it cuts to black and he's, like, he's reaching out, he's got the tear, and it cuts to black and he says, my love, that's him basically seeing Ama, Aima, his first wife, in the afterlife mm. and so it's like he still very much like misses his first wife and that was like his true love and you know like that to me meant like i'm now going to my true love in the afterlife now and he's so happy to see her and also this like release of pain not only just physically but like metaphorically figuratively of all the bullshit he had been putting up with with that <laughs> entire goddamn family that he'd been around like Dude, that motherfucker had been through so much. And this is the moment where I want to give my goddamn props to Patty Considen. I think that's how you say his last name. That motherfucker acted his ass off. And if you went and watched Hot Fuzz, where he played a cop, and then watched this, you would not be able to tell it's the same dude. Like, it is insane. Yeah, I mean, he literally ranged like 40 years, it seems like, in the... the, uh, like aging of that character, like obviously it wasn't truly forty years, but I mean, just like that man put on fifty or sixty fucking years, like Dude. in this in the span of like ten years, it was it was insane. Character uh, King Viserys died at fifty two. Really? Yes. So he was probably like what thirty five when we first saw him in, in episode one, six or twenty eight. I, th- I thought only like 15 years kind of passed between episode one and episode eight. This last episode jump was 10 years. Well, how long was the one before that? I think five. No, the one before. And that's the thing that's fucking awful. No, no, no. no. The, the one, this one was six years. Was it six years? This one was six years. I think the one before that was maybe the, 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 the jump between five and six was 10 years. Okay, so that's at least 15 to 16 years right there. And then there's a jump yeah. of two years where he had a kid and Allison was pregnant. Okay, so maybe like 20 years. Yeah. So he was like around, let's just say like 30 years old. Okay. but th- And that's that's a detriment to the show where like we are confused as hell. About the timeline. Yeah, yeah, about the timeline and the time jumps and all this shit where it's like we have no idea what the timeline truly is in this show. Yeah, it's going to make it extremely difficult to to reference back to this season as we get further on into, you know, yeah. the second and third season, whatever. It's going to be, like, really difficult to look back and, like, okay, this is what happened and what, what time frame or, like, what were the ages of different people when, when this shit happened. Um, yeah, but, I mean, to their credit, like, what was the alternative? To have, like, eight fucking seasons? I mean... Sure. Yeah, so 
No, like they've done an incredible job with it. And what, what at, at this point, how would you compare this season so far to the last season of Game of Thrones? Oh, um, like rating wise or just feeling wise? Both. Is it are they different? And 10 what? times better. I it was a dumb question, but okay, yeah, uh, like 10 times fucking better. Like that, just the feeling behind it and the acting behind it has been so much better than like anything that was there in season eight. And the characters have not just made a hundred and eighty, like 180 degree heel turns out of nowhere, um, and burning down entire cities. So, like that in and of itself just lends itself to being way better. But like, I, I've really enjoyed this and it's funny with how much like content there is now. Like I wasn't super stoked about this until literally the weekend of like the first episode. And now every week I'm like, Oh shit. Like there's a new episode. Like I can't wait to watch this. Like I'm yeah. excited as hell for every new episode. Yeah. I would say it's probably like 10% better. Uh, so, but like for all the the problems with like episode or season eight of the Game of Thrones, like it was mainly just the writing. Everything else about it was fucking fantastic, right? Like yeah, the the cinematography, the acting, just the action scenes, all of that was like out of this world, fantastic. And then just the writing and the way they ended the, the way they ended the show was like blasphemous, right? Yeah. So um i would say they, they like continued everything that was good from episode eight plus have fantastic source materials to be going off of which is why we loved seasons one through five or one through six of, of game of thrones because yeah. the source material was there it was amazing they got the actors they they had amazing visual effects had amazing cinematography um but yeah, they're just doing a fantastic job. So, what would your Dino Max said rating of episode eight be for House of the Dragon? Four point seven five. Okay, I'm what gonna go you? with a four point five. Okay. Yeah i I just loved from the moment when King Viserys walked in to where that ended with Veyman uh, getting his head sliced into. And then the like from in the scene after that, like everything in the back half of this episode was just truly incredible. Um, I fucking loved every minute of this. It's funny, I think they just did like a promo for House of the Dragon on the TBS broadcast for Guardians Yankees, so that's kind of weird. Um nice. But what like what what about this episode did you love, right? Uh well, like I said before, you know, the the chopping off of the head. Um, our boy from the last kingdom and i i forgot to mention uh which you just kind of touched on but when king viserys like entered the throne room like oh. when they when they cut off uh i guess Rhaenyra was talking when they cut off Rhaenyra they open the doors he like struggles in and then the king's guard like announces him like that was I had to watch that like two or three times. So I love that. I mean, I really loved everything about this episode. It was it was pretty good. Yeah, uh Conchu's head is now permanently to the left a little bit, but whatever. Good job. Good job. Um no, I I'm 
fascinated to see where like this season ends up because um, we are very quickly heading towards a dramatic ending, a very bloody ending to this show, and I can't fucking wait to see what happens, Ryan. Or sure, have you caught up on uh, Lord of the Rings at all? Nope. Cool. Sorry. Cool. No, it's cool. It's okay. Cool. All right, man. Cool. Great episode. Yeah, I man. Cannot wait to see you on Saturday. I will see you Saturday. But what everybody at home, we'll be posting all the stuff from the Dallas Fan Festival to our Instagram at Furloughed Film Talks. A lot of stories, just us going around seeing what's out there. Maybe unboxing a couple of mystery boxes at Funko stations. We'll just see what happens. But go follow, see what's going on with that. Maybe we'll give away a thing or two. But everybody, thank you for checking out this episode. Ryan, I love you. I love you, senor. I will see you soon. Everybody have a good rest of your week. And we will talk to you very soon. Adios, amigos. Adios.